Hello and welcome to Prepare the Answer. Uh, it's good, good to have my listeners tuned in today. Um, before I get on to my today's topic, I, I've got into the habit recently of liking to share things that God's been doing in my life. I think it's just it's a good thing for me to reflect on. To be honest, um, I think one of the things that God's shown me recently has been, uh, I sort of felt it this morning a bit more, was um, just improving my Bible study. So I, I always get up in the morning, read the Bible. Occasionally I'll, I'll sleep in or miss it and then I'll do it. Certainly I'll do it that day. I almost never miss it. But one of the things I do, as you can imagine, when you've got certain defaults in your nature, I sometimes find myself reading it, but I'm reading to teach teach the scriptures or I'm reading to set up my next podcast or I'm reading to pass something on to somebody else. And I realize I, I really need to not do this. When I read the word in the morning, it needs to be for me. I have to see what God's saying to me. As a secondary thing, I might come up with an idea for a lesson or a sermon or a podcast, but I've really got to make sure that I'm digging deep for me and seeing what God's saying to me specifically. Um, and so I just, yeah, I've learned that. Um, I think it's something I have to really watch out for. I think it's something I've noticed a lot over the years. And I think it, it does um, tie into my natural strength, which is to teach and communicate and get ideas together to help other people, which is a good thing, but it, it kind of... It can only, I th- I'll tell you the way I noticed this in myself and maybe you can identify with this is one of the things I know I should do, um, as and I would tend to naturally have done, is to pass on the stuff that I'm excited about. So one of the things I ask myself is, am I sharing the word with my family much or other people, but t- particularly my family, my wife, my kids, am I sharing it with them much? And I think when the answer is no, or it's maybe I'm not sharing it that often, maybe every few days or something, and it's not really every day or every couple of days, then I sort of think that's a sign that the word, I'm not getting it to meet my needs, if you like. Um, the last thing I remember maybe last week I was reading about God being a refuge. I shared it with everyone I got the chance to share it with. So when I read, and it's for me specifically, rather than to pass on to someone else, it seems to make, you know, I can notice it by whether I share it much or not. So that's just something that God's been showing me, God's been teaching me. Um, maybe you maybe feel the same way. Um, certainly share things that God's teaching you. I'd love to generate that sort of conversation. What is God teaching you right now in your life that you can help pass on to other people? Maybe through dropping me a comment on here uh, on the site. Um, but today's, um, what I'm starting today actually, is a series on the Sermon on the Mount from Matthew 5 to Matthew 7. And I'm going to do a series of episodes, uh, podcasts on that, um, looking into that. And today's one is called Steps to a Higher Spiritual Life. So Steps to a Higher Spiritual Life. And we're going to be looking at the Beatitudes. But before I share this, um, one of the things that really amazes me is how the Holy Spirit works. Um, I mean, so many of my brothers at the minute and teachers in the church, um, one of them is Douglas Jacoby, well-known teacher in our, in our church circles, and also a good friend and teacher um, over in, in London there is Malcolm Cox, a good friend who's interviewed me on his own podcast before and produces lots of good, great teaching material. And I'd like to share some of that on, more on here um, more often. But um, he was also going through the Sermon on the Mount. And I, I remember I just started reading Matthew and I came to this myself naturally, not because anyone else had been sharing it. And as I was reading the, the, the Sermon on the Mount, I thought, this is the greatest sermon ever. I've got so much to share from this. Why am I not doing anything on this? And I really should do something on this. So um, these guys are the trailblazers. I'm just following on behind, um, if you like. But um, I've got so much to say on these 
these, um, you know, each individual sermons, if you like, from Jesus or points that Jesus makes about so many things. Um, so we'll get into it. Um, this is episode one then on Sermon on the Mount and its steps to a higher spiritual life. So it's all from, if you like, Matthew 5 verses 1. They're up on the mountainside. Um, Jesus, his disciples came to him and asked him, or he didn't ask him anything. He just said he began to teach them. I like this. You know, whether they asked questions or not, Jesus had lots to share and lots to teach. And, you know, um, whilst I could say I know what that feels like, I am not Jesus at all. And I'm just uh, a fallen human being who tries to do his best. But Anyway, from verse 3, it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So, when you read this, this is the, the Beatitudes known as blessed. Um, it's all about blessed. So, Jesus is saying, you are blessed in these types of people, or these types of natures, or this type of situation. In all these situations, you can be blessed. Um, and obviously the thing about the really stands out, stands out to me is the type of situation, type of people that Jesus is describing as blessed. The poor in spirit. So you could say the humble. It's regularly known to be someone who's very humble in their nature. Those who mourn. So somebody sad, upset, distressed in life. Blessed are the meek. So not strong, but actually quite meek. Potentially strong, but, but meek. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. The merciful. Those who are pure in heart. Peacemakers. And those who are being persecuted because of righteousness, you know, this is the opposite to the world. This is what really stood out to me. All these attributes and people that are described here are the opposite to what's valued in the world's eyes. Um, I'm working in a, in a sort of business, you know, private business really. And you see this working world in the business world. I work with a lot of incredible people. But at the same time, you see this in the world all around me. Humility is not valued. Uh, you know, people who are mourning um, are not now normally valued. Little people do care, but it's not normally what the type of person you see getting ahead in life. The meek—that's certainly not valued. It's usually those who can push themselves forward at all costs. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. That they actually care about getting things right. They care about truth. They care about acting right. That's more important than the circumstances or the outcome. Is acting the right way. Blessed are the merciful. Those who forgive other people. Even when they're being mistreated, that's not valued in the world's eyes. Blessed are the pure in heart. So not only purity in a, in a, in a lust sense, but also in, a, in an intentions and ambitions and motivational sense. Why am I doing what I'm doing? Am I doing this for the good of the person, the good of the company, the good of my work? You know, do you work when people's eyes are on me or is it only when they're not on me? Have I got a pure heart towards the things I'm called to do in my life? The peacemakers, my goodness, I don't see peacemakers held aloft so much today. Certainly you might see it, um, people might like to think that they hold up peacemakers, but that's not what I see day to day. And those who are persecuted because of righteousness, all these things you think, these are not valued in the world's eyes at all. But they are in Jesus' eyes. When you're like that, when you are humble, meek, when you're potentially mourning, hunger and thirst for righteousness, Jesus is saying you will be filled. 
you know, if you follow me and that's the way you are, then you will be filled. You, you will see the kingdom of heaven, if you like. Um, and the thing I love about this is in that I see myself and a lot of my own personal challenges when I was younger. Now, I'm not saying I had all these great attributes, but I remember I love the fact that Jesus values some of these attributes. When I read that, I think, you know, things like being meek, you know, peacemakers. I felt like when I was young, I, I would seek peace. I wanted peace. I didn't want strife and argument and bitterness and rage. I would always feel like I looked out for the person in the class who was left out, who was spoken badly of. Um, I always felt like I was quite easy going. I didn't like to upset people, didn't like to get into strife and trouble. Um, and I, I always felt that was my nature, but I felt like other people didn't have that nature. And it caused me trouble when I was young. I felt sort of upset about it. I felt like, oh, I just better sort of toughen up and get on and be like the rest of the world. And certainly I did toughen up in a way, but just that them attributes are valued in Jesus' eyes. Someone who seeks, seeks to strive to find peace in a situation. Someone that's willing to be merciful, even when someone's hurt them. You know, someone who's maybe mourning and going through distress and, and troubles in their life. Somebody's humble. They don't see themselves as high at all. They have to be told about how good they are. They don't see themselves as better than anyone else. They don't want to be better than anyone else. Person who's been persecuted for doing what's right. Persecuted for doing what's right. They don't care about people's opinion. They don't care about the outcome necessarily. They just value doing the right thing. They value seeking justice. And I think some of these things I can remember being that way when I was young, but just the world felt like it was it was trying to push it out of me because it wasn't popular to be like that. But I just love the fact that Jesus holds up these attributes as of great value in his sight. Absolutely love this. And I think you can see this in the life of Jesus. This was the attributes that he valued. This is when he walked from place to place, deciding who to help, deciding who needed his help. This is the people that he helped. It was those who were humble enough to recognize who he was, to recognize themselves. Whenever he heard a man who said, look, I'm not worthy to have you come into my house, but only say the word and my servant shall be healed, Jesus is amazed at his faith, amazed at his humility. These attributes were the attributes that Jesus looked for when he was on the earth. So we see it demonstrated in his own life. He didn't go to the rich, the most powerful he went to those who were rejected by society. He went to the lepers. You know, even women at the time, he did as high a standing as men. He went to with the women's houses. He went to prostitutes' houses. You know, he went and he spent time with sinners. People that, you know, again, just because it says these things doesn't mean that people weren't sinners. They may still be sinners, but they have these attributes. Um, and Jesus spotted them. And he said, if, if you like this, I know it's not valued in the world's eyes. I know you may not feel like you want to have these, these particular qualities to be meek, to be a peacemaker, but it's valued in my sight. And I just love this about Jesus. Now, the title of the, the podcast, um, and I'm going to put a picture on, this is quite interesting, um, was that it said that these, these sort of eight blessings, if you like, were all eight steps, if you like, to a higher spiritual life. In other words, these are the steps, one by one, progressive steps that lead up to the temple, that lead up to the temple of truth, if you like. I have a picture I can show, which, you know, makes this, you know, as this is drawn out so you can see what that looks like. But that these are the eight steps to a higher spiritual life. In other words, these are the absolute prerequisites. You must have these qualities. Maybe you'll have some more than others, but these are the building blocks. These are the foundations to, to grow in your spiritual life. We, we must have these things. And we must 
strive to lay hold of these things if we don't currently have them. If you feel like, yeah, I've got lots of them qualities, but I'm really not a peacemaker. You know, as soon as trouble starts, I just get in and I, and I'm, 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 I don't help to bring peace. Maybe that's one we can grow in. Or maybe it's being merciful. I've no doubt when you read this, you think, oh dear, that's a tough one for me, being merciful and forgiving people. But these are the steps to, uh, to again, to higher spiritual life. Again, each one building on the other one. It's all progressive, if you like. This may have been in Jesus' mind. I just like that idea that Jesus had that thought in his mind. And again, you'll see the picture on my site. If you look at it, the picture shows these eight steps leading up to the temple. It's this almost like, you know, you know, a bit like what I said in Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It's like building up to the kingdom of heaven. You know, for anyone to get in and enter the kingdom of heaven, obviously they need to have their sins washed away. But to have the nature to be someone who follows Jesus, you must have these qualities. I guess it's not a time to look at ourselves and feel guilty, but just to see what, what really matters to God. These are the things that, that God wants to see in us. Um, so yeah, it's, it's the steps to higher spiritual life. Um, look at them yourself and think, and again, I want to do the same. Which ones do I struggle with? Which ones am I good at? I mean, look at it finishes with. It says, blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. It says, rejoice and be glad. Wow. I'm sure we can all agree, I need to grow. I need to understand what was in Jesus' mind when he said that, as much as I possibly can, that is, and see that I am blessed because I'm doing the right thing. I'm living by the truth and I'm responding to the truth that's in front of me. Um, The other thing I just want to finish with here is just to encourage us with this. And I encourage us with this from a, an evangelistic point of view in a reaching out and trying to help people to find God, if you like, and to respond to the gospel and to, to kind of see that there's good news on offer for them. Well, sometimes you feel like a bit like me. You feel like, well, people aren't that interested, really. And I'm, I'm, I'm tired of sharing with people and they've already got their preconceived ideas about being a Christian and going to church and reading the Bible. And it's very difficult sometimes. Well, what I'd say to you is... is there's building blocks in people's lives to respond to Jesus. There may be building blocks that you spot here. In other words, you will know people who are actually quite, who quite like the, the people described here. You will know someone who is naturally quite humble. You'll know people who are maybe mourning right now. You know people who are naturally meek. People who hunger and thirst for what's right. They just want to do the right thing no matter what the outcome, no matter how other, what other people say. You'll know people who are naturally merciful, people who are naturally pure in heart. I know over the years I've definitely met people, you know, again, who weren't Christians necessarily, um, but were much more pure-hearted than I was. I'm struggling and striving with selfish ambition, and this person just does things for the right reasons. They're not out for selfish gain the way I am, and yet I'm a Christian and they're not. So I think what I'd say is, look out for these attributes and people around you, and people you're reaching out to, and you can encourage them with what you see. And say, this is this again is what was highly valued in God's sight. This is the attributes that God really loves. And you can show them at first. If you're someone who loves, you know, your peacemaker, you could you could be called the son of God. Now clearly we need to respond and follow Jesus, but if we have these attributes, we can encourage other people that they have maybe some of them building blocks that would lead to them following Jesus in their life. Uh, and getting the answers again that we may have found ourselves. So it encourages us that we can encourage other people. We can also see attributes in other people so that we're not completely in despair about the sin of the world and the direction of the world. But it also maybe gives us something to talk about as well. 
with people, that you see in people qualities that you know God values. And that might lead to further conversations about their own faith and lack of faith or whatever, but it really does lead to good conversations. And personally speaking, I can think of people right now that I know are struggling, people I know that are not certainly not Christians at all, and they may never have expressed any interest to me. But I know from looking at this that there are things in this that other people demonstrate probably better than I do. And, and that's good. And it also means that we stay humble as well, which is also useful. So this is just the first podcast, as usual, I mean, maybe slightly longer than I'd, I'd originally planned. But just some thoughts today on the first lesson on the, you know, the Sermon on the Mount. Again, steps to a higher spiritual life. These are the steps to achieving a higher spiritual life. I pray we can look into these and they can really encourage and help us in many different ways. We'll be back again with the second lesson, um, which is all about salt and light, as you'll see in your Bibles. And that's going to be Matthew 5, 13 um, through to 16. So we're going to learn all about salt and light, being the light of the world. I'll be with you all again very soon. Please drop any thoughts you have on anything I've shared today. Many thanks.